my gold collar, answered the prior, against ten butts of Chian wine. They are mine as securely as if they were already in the convent vaults, under the key of old Dennis the cellarer. And I am myself to be judge, said the Templar, and I am only to be convinced on my own admission that I have seen no maiden so beautiful since Pentecost was a twelvemonth. Ran it not so? Prior, your collar is in danger. I will wear it over my gorget in the lists of Ashby de la Zouche. Win it fairly, said the prior, and wear it as ye will. I will trust your giving true response, on your word as a knight and as a churchman. Yet, brother, take my advice, and file your tongue to a little more courtesy than your habits of predominating over infidel captives and eastern bondsmen have accustomed you. Cedric the Saxon, if offended, and he is no way slack in taking offence, is a man who, without respect to your knighthood, my high office or the sanctity of either, would clear his house of us, and send us to lodge with the larks, though the hour were midnight. And be careful how you look on Rowena, whom he cherishes with the most jealous care. And he take the least alarm in that quarter, we are but lost men. It is said he banished his only son from his family for lifting his eyes in the way of affection towards this beauty, who may be worshipped, it seems, at a distance, but is not to be approached with other thoughts than such as we bring to the shrine of the Blessed Virgin. Well, you have said enough, answered the Templar. I will for a night put on the needful restraint, and deport me as meekly as a maiden. But as for the fear of his expelling us by violence, myself and squires, with Hamet and Abdallah, will warrant you against that disgrace. Doubt not that we shall be strong enough to make good our quarters. We must not let it come so far, answered the prior. Uh, but here is the clown's sunken cross, and the night is so dark that we can hardly see which of the roads we are to follow. He bid us turn, I think, to the left. To the right, said Brian to the best of my remembrance. To the left, certainly the left. I remember his pointing with his wooden sword. Aye, but he held his sword in his left hand, and so pointed across his body with it, said the Templar. Each maintained his opinion with sufficient obstinacy, as is usual in all such cases. The attendants were appealed to, but they had not been near enough to hear Wamba's directions. At length Brian remarked, what had first escaped him in the twilight. "'Here is someone either asleep or lying dead at the foot of this cross. Hugo, stir him with the butt-end of thy lance.' This was no sooner done than the figure arose, exclaiming in good French, "'Whosoever thou art, it is discourteous in you to disturb my thoughts.' "'We did but wish to ask you,' said the prior, "'the road to the Rotherwood.' THE ABODE OF CEDRIC THE SAXON. "'I myself am bound thither,' replied the stranger. "'And if I had a horse I would be your guide, "'for the way is somewhat intricate, "'though perfectly well known to me.' "'Thou shalt have both thanks and reward, my friend,' said the prior, "'if thou wilt bring us to Cedric's in safety.' "'And he caused one of his attendants to mount his own led horse,' and give that upon which he had hitherto ridden to the stranger, who was to serve for a guide. Their conductor pursued an opposite road from that which Wamba had recommended for the purpose of misleading them. 
the path soon led deeper into the woodland, and crossed more than one brook, the approach to which was rendered perilous by the marches through which it flowed. But the stranger seemed to know, as if by instinct, the soundest ground and the safest points of passage, and, by dint of caution and attention, brought the party safely into a wider avenue than any they had yet seen and, pointing to a large, low, irregular building at the upper extremity, he said to the prior, "'Yonder is Rotherwood, the dwelling of Cedric the Saxon.' This was a joyful intimation to Aymer, whose nerves were none of the strongest, and who had suffered such agitation and alarm in the course of passing through the dangerous bogs, that he had not yet had the curiosity to ask his guide a single question." Finding himself now at his ease and near shelter, his curiosity began to awake, and he demanded of the guide who and what he was. A palmer just returned from the Holy Land, was the answer. You had better have tarried there to fight for the recovery of the Holy Sepulchre, said the Templar. True, reverend Sir Knight, answered the palmer to whom the appearance of the Templar seemed perfectly familiar. But when those who are under oath to recover the holy city are found travelling at such distance from the scene of their duties, can you wonder that a peaceful peasant like me should decline the task which they have abandoned? The Templar would have made an angry reply, but was interrupted by the prior, who again expressed his astonishment that their guide, after such a long absence, should be so perfectly acquainted with the passes of the forest. "'I was born a native of these parts,' answered their guide, and as he made the reply they stood before the mansion of Cedric, a low, irregular building, containing several courtyards or enclosures, extending over a considerable space of ground, and which, though its size argued the inhabitant to be a person of wealth, differed entirely from the tall, turreted, and castellated buildings in which the Norman nobility resided, and which had become the universal style of architecture throughout England. Rotherwood was not, however, without defences. No habitation in that disturbed period could have been so without the risk of being plundered and burnt before the next morning. A deep fosse, or ditch, was drawn round the whole building and filled with water from a neighbouring stream. A double stockade or palisade, composed of pointed beams, which the adjacent forest supplied, defended the outer and inner bank of the trench. There was an entrance from the west through the outer stockade, which communicated by a drawbridge with a similar opening in the interior defences. Some precautions had been taken to place those entrances under the protection of protecting angles, by which they might be flanked in case of need by archers or slingers. Before this entrance the Templar wound his horn loudly, for the rain, which had long threatened, began now to descend with great violence. 